Lex Friedman and Mark Zuckerberg recently sat down for an entire podcast interview in the metaverse. In today's episode, I'm going to be breaking down some key takeaways, some things to think about and consider as we move into what I think is probably the biggest transformation in human history. The first thing that really stood out to me was how blown away Lex was by this technology. He Time and time and time again during the episode, he continuously said he was just blown away. And if you've ever spent any time in the metaverse, you'll probably be blown away too. But this next generation is completely mind-blowing. It's completely mind-blowing. He starts off by saying that he feels like he's in Mark's personal space because when he leans forward, he feels like he's too close to Mark. But they're hundreds and hundreds of miles away. Yet in the metaverse with these goggles on, they feel like they're right next to each other. It's incredibly, incredibly wild. And I, I will say that one of the things that Meta has been kind of knocked on is that it's, it's felt like they have these expressive avatars, which makes you basically into a cartoon with no arms and no legs, and it just doesn't feel real. But now, now they're working on these what we call Kodak avatars, which look incredibly realistic. And this is, was a big game changer in this episode and this experience because these Kodak avatars using various uh, 3D rendering and facial expression recognition technology We'll, we'll pick up everything from wrinkles to blemishes to spots to these small intricacies that make people feel real. In addition to that, there's the, the power of eye contact where they actually feel like they're looking right into someone's eyes. And I can tell you that it this is, is so real. A couple of years ago, 2021, I came down with COVID at the end of the at the end of the year for New Year's. And so obviously I'm not going out to any New Year's party because I had COVID-19. And so what I ended up doing is putting on my Oculus goggles during that time and I hopped into the metaverse and I'm just walking into these rooms with people. They they're all cartoons, all in virtual reality, and I remember being blown away and having this feeling of anxiety that you sometimes feel when you're just stepping into the room and you don't know anyone? Have you ever felt that before? I felt that. And like, that's only going to be times 10 x when everyone actually looks like a real person and not an expressive avatar. Now, another thing I think that was interesting that Zuckerberg talked about was that you can have these meetings in all sorts of environments, whether it's a beach or a boardroom or classroom. But he also mentioned that when the faces look real, and you're using these Kodak avatars, well, you can actually have meanings anywhere. You can have meanings in a Minecraft dungeon or in a cartoon Dr. Seuss-type landscape, and people are okay with it. They still feel real because the faces look real, which I think is an interesting take, which is going to lead to all sorts of really crazy implications when it comes to things like video games. They then go on to discuss the new Quest 3, which is the new kind of evolution in these goggles that they're going to be releasing uh, for commercial application very soon. And not only is there going to be the VR experience, but he's really focusing at Meta on bringing an augmented reality experience where you can actually interact with things that are in your house. Imagine putting on these goggles and feeling like there's zombies attacking your home, coming through the windows and the doors, and you've got to protect the home with your laser blaster. Wouldn't that be just an incredible experience? 
Imagine dropping in and playing Fortnite with your friends. I, I don't know about you, but I really enjoy playing paintball. Paintball is like a really fun thing to do. Uh, it's hard down here in Florida because it's so hot. Regardless, paintball is a fun thing to do. Can you imagine taking that to next level, playing paintball in your house and not making a huge mess? Pretty, pretty cool experience. One of the questions that I had personally about this, which they go into in a little bit of detail is, does, is this just going to completely desensitize us to violence? If you're in an experience that looks and feels very physically real and you're shooting people, how is that going to translate to when you're actually holding a real weapon or a real gun? I have some serious concerns about that. Frankly, I've had concerns about that for years, people playing video games on a 2D screen. But when you make it 3D and you're combining the digital and physical world together, I think that that is something that we need to pay very, very close attention to. I remember working at Best Buy years ago, and there was a 12-year-old kid with his dad that came in to buy Grand Theft Auto. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe not the appropriate age and maturity level to handle a game like that. Something to think about is we see gun violence and violence around the country, and what is the right way to solve that? I don't know that this necessarily helps. I guess the flip side of that, you might say, well, we're able to get that out of our system, but I don't know that that holds up. We will see. Another major component, I think, to this entire discussion was that we kind of think of video game world and VR is fake, is fake while this is what we call the quote-unquote real world. But I think Zuck makes a really important point that we, we don't need to distinguish both the digital world is real and the physical world is real. So what, what he kind of makes is that distinction. It's not the real world, it's the physical world. And it's not the video game fake world, it's the digital world. So what's happening now is we're having this combination of the physical world and digital world. One of the things that doesn't get brought up in the, discuss in the discussion is the spiritual world. And how does the spiritual world play into this, this new type of landscape and environment that we're creating. Um, quite, quite, you know, as a Christian, I think about, you know, where does the spiritual world kind of play into this? And this is unexplored theological space. There's nowhere in the Bible where it talks about physical world, digital world, merging them together. So as we have both the physical, digital, and, and spiritual world all kind of coming together, it's, it's going to create for, I think, some really interesting and probably heated discussions on this particular topic. So one of the things that Meta is really focused on is making these facial scans very quick, very straightforward, and very, very uh, thorough using things like a phone or some glasses that they've com combined with Ray-Ban using glasses to actually scan your face and combine the, the digital and physical world together. Imagine you're sitting at a boardroom with three of your colleagues who are physically there, but two of your colleagues are coming in digitally. It could create a much better experience than say a Zoom call could. And I, I, again, I can't really stress this enough, how being in this type of world, being into this type of experience feels real. It really feels real. Now, we also get into the topic of creating AI avatars in this new virtual digital world. So just as an example, let's say you're playing a video game and you have an AI assistant that follows you around, that communicates, that understands you, that can respond back intelligently, that looks like a physically real person. That's going to be a super cool experience. Very, very neat experience. Now, he also mentioned that 
we will be able to program AI versions of ourselves. You're already seeing this with AI influencers and AI, I mean, this is just really, really crazy stuff. You can actually import your thoughts, your personality into an AI bot that can interact at scale. Something that I'm actually looking at as an influencer, as a creator, I want to try to find ways to scale up my way of engaging with my fans and engaging with people that follow the content and the business that I'm growing. How do I scale that up? Well, AI becomes a useful way of doing that. However, very difficult to get people to buy in to that because what if your AI avatar just starts saying some crazy stuff that doesn't align with your worldview or the way you want to be portrayed? That becomes a problem. The flip side is that it can be much easier to roll this out if your AI avatar is actually playing a part as an actor. So for example, Snoop Dogg being your dungeon master during a Dungeons and Dragons raid. It's an actor. It's not really Snoop Dogg. So how do we contextualize that? I think that's going to be an interesting thing that's going to play out. The other thing that I think, and I've talked about this in a video before, I'll put a link up here, is what about the sexual relationships that human beings are going to engage with uh, when it comes to these AI digital VR avatars, I'm, I'm telling you, and it's because it's hard to contextualize this. When you're in this virtual reality world, it is going to feel incredibly real, incredibly real. So you might say, ah, I wouldn't be turned on by some sort of AI robot that's in this video game. You 100% will. You don't, you, it's hard to understand. My bold prediction here, within five years, there are going to be people that want to get married and are trying to get married to their AI virtual reality friend. I'm telling you, married, dating, uh, all sorts of weird stuff is going to happen. But this really blurs the line. This is com going to completely blur the line between uh, sexual, emotional relationships of humans and digital AI robots. It's going to get really, really weird. The other thing I, I wonder here is, well, how is this going to impact um, the way that we see ourselves as human beings? Because in the digital world, you can be a perfect 10, full six pack, shoulders, you can be like Arnold Schwarzenegger, or you can be the most gorgeous, beautiful woman with a perfect body. You've got no cellulite. You can portray yourself in any way that you like. But then you come back into the physical world and you're not a perfect human being. You have blemishes. You have fat. Maybe you have wrinkles or a, a thinning hairline or something. So in, in the digital world, you have full confidence. In the physical world, you feel like uh, lesser than, less than type of person. That is going to, I think, bring depression and uh, self-pity and weakness to a whole new level. If there's one thing that I really, really try to implement with, with my kids, it's you need to be confident in here. You cannot look for confidence from the outside looking in. My daughter got a bad grade on a test and she had made this st statement that she felt stupid. And I said, you are not stupid. And we, we did some affirmations together looking in the mirror. I said, you are great. You are powerful. You are bad mamma jamma. And she thought it was funny at first, but when she saw me buying into it, she bought into it too. So I say all of this because, you know, as, as, as both as parents, as friends, as community members, we need to teach each other. We need to teach our, our youth to be strong from within because when you're looking for, for confidence and love from these in this 
digital world, it's going to be incredibly, incredibly difficult. Um, you're also going to have, you know, gender questions are going to start to pop up. You know, okay, I'm a woman in the digital world, but I'm a man in the physical world, or I'm a panda in the digital world, but I'm a human in the physical world. It's going to create all sorts of weird mental issues that we've never even looked at or explored. So this new world is just is so crazy. And I'm going to give you another, taking a step further. What if you were, pro, you know, having wanted to have communication with a loved one who had passed on, a, you know, a digital AI fully physically represented version of a loved one who died. Well, now I can actually bring them back from the dead and speak to them in this physical uh, slash digital world. Maybe it's an augmented reality, right? Maybe it's a digital reality. And I mean, this is just so, so crazy. I, you know, it's, it's, I think well been established that trying to bring back the dead is a bad thing. Uh, if you've ever seen Pet Cemetery by Stephen King, you, you probably get that. You know, and what if your loved one comes back as an AI version and just starts saying crazy stuff? Or, you know, there's an important part. I'm reading this book by Dr. Henry Cloud, Necessary Endings. In order for the future to happen, in order for the new you to happen, the old you has to die. And endings are not necessarily bad things. Endings, in some cases, are actually really important for your personal growth. So I really am kind of averse this idea of bringing back loved ones from the dead. I think that that could actually cause a lot of pain, a lot of hurt. Instead of getting through the hurt, moving on, you're, you're kind of wallowing in that presence or that area. So there's just so many weird implications. And, you know, within the next 10 years, the world is going to look so different from the way it looks right now. Listen, I would encourage you, you definitely want to listen to the entire episode. I'll put a link below here in the notes because, you know, it is just a really mind-blowing session. And did you get up any questions from listening to that, by the way? What do you think about this idea of blending realities, about speaking to the dead, about getting married to an AI digital avatar? I want to hear from you, and I will see you in the next video. By the way, click like. That helps. All right? Thanks for clicking like. See ya. Peace.